stage. Help me welcome my friend Tracy Trinita. Well, what an introduction. <laughs> There's one time I went to um, a, a school in Singapore and I say these jokes to them like, what stays in the corner but travel around the world? I was waiting for like a minute and nobody knows how to answer it. So I was like, um, it's a stamp. And the teacher said, nobody knows what is a stamp nowadays. We do email right now. <laughs> so how time has changed. Well, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to share the word of God uh, this morning. And I really hope that each of us will be visited by Holy Spirit and how he will translate every word that I'll speak to your needs in your heart. So let's just begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus Christ and Holy Spirit, we thank you so much that through you we find freedom to be who we meant to be. And Lord, we know that the work in our life is not done because you are continually to empowering us to be more Christ-like Christ -like each day. So today, Lord, as your servant speaks, may you use the word of my mouth and the meditation of our heart that be pleasing to you and transforming our life only for your glory alone. In Jesus' name we praise. Amen. So I just want to thank uh, Pastor Victa, Jessica, and Pastor Don for actually allowing me to speak in this church. It meant so much for me because around, around almost 10 years ago, I preached at ICC Bali. It was the old building. And that was the first time my parents hear me preaching. Um, both my parents, um, when I moved back from New York to Indonesia, my parents ran away to Brazil. So I'm like, okay, they don't like me, you know, like, yeah. But there was, they went on holiday in Bali, and then they heard me preaching for the first time. So ICC Bali has such a soft spot in my heart because it's the first time and the last time my parents heard me preaching. Yeah, uh, so far, so far. So I grew up in Bali, and when I was a little girl, I, I live in Legian Beach, and when I look at Kuta, it's like Las Vegas. It's like where the party happening, there's lots of light, there's lots of things happening in Kuta. It's the wild, wild west for us in Bali at that time. Then in Ligian, it's where the cool people live at that time. So if you know this place called Double Six, Gado Gado, Goa, it's, a, it's, a, it's a my parents' um, playground at night, uh, where, they, where this is actually, maybe some of you doesn't know because the place doesn't exist anymore. But then Seminyak was actually quite okay. It's a nice, it's about to happen again. Krobokan was filled of like a rice field, and Changu, nobody have heard about Changu. Then years went by. Now we see Changu is one of the most happening place in Bali. It's organic grow. It's so organic, it grows widely. And, and it was actually quite interesting that when you see how what happened in pandemic time is actually Kuta was actually very quiet, and yet you see Changu is so happening, lots of people living. Then to think of it, like you will never know the progress of life and land in everywhere we at. You will never know what's going to be hip now and what's going to be hip next time. So since life is actually full of moving and development of places actually keep, keep growing, but we will witness growth in places. But we also have to witness growth in our life. So this brought me to the next story, is that a story about a rich person who have two oldest employees that works for him. And he said to these two employees, hey, I have a big budget. 
can you build me a beautiful home? Unlimited budget, there's a land already prepared. So just build me a dream home according to you. So the person A says that, hmm, my boss is super rich and he has so many houses around the world, he doesn't need another home. He just probably just bored, he just needs to you know, delegate me to do something. Therefore, I'm going to take 50% of the money to my pocket and I'm going to build something that looks beautiful on the outside, it's not a strong foundation, it's really low budget, but it looks good for the next five years and I don't care after that. But B, the person B says that, no, 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 my boss has such a good taste. He, have a, he, he always has the very best thing in life. Therefore, I need to give his very best. I'm going to use the best product. I'm going to use the stronger foundation, the best everything. So he'll be pleased because he have a high standards. On the handover day, the rich says to these two employees, the house that you built is for you as a gift. Just imagine who is regretting for not making a beautiful home. Jesus said in the book of Matthew 7, 24 to 27, therefore everyone who hears, therefore everyone who hears, everyone who hears this word of mine and put them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the stream rose, and the wind blew and beat against the house, and yet it did not fall because it has its foundations on the rock. But everyone who hears this word of mine and does not put into the practice is like a fool. It's like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the stream roses, and the wind blew and beat against the house. It fell with a great crash. This is the word of God. The foundations of a building is extremely important. The foundation of our life is extremely important. Is our faith based on Jesus Christ and what he has done on the cross? Or is it based on the accumulations of human deeds, human good deeds? To see the character of a wise master builder in us is actually to see that apart from Christ, we cannot build a strong foundation. In Christ, true repentance of our sins, true journeying in living a holy life, and two, practicing it by loving one another and forgiving each other, we will have that strong, firm foundation called the rock. And to have the rock is going to repentance and obedience. Repentance alone is important, but without obedience, there is no true repentance. They both come in hand in hand. Repentance and obedience. So every believer is a builder. We all a builder of our faith according to what God has given us. And because of that, the house that we build is actually our soul. And the salvation is in Jesus alone. And in order for us to keep growing and make a strong foundation, a beautiful building, it's actually we search diligently scriptures, the, the word of God. And we grow and glow for the glory of God and attending by attending a places where we can grow spiritually with amongst the believers. We are called by God to be transformed, but do it in a joyful way. Do it in God's way. Don't use your own effort because we are saved by God's grace and He will be the one who we will be with us to the journey of life. C.S. Lewis is one of my favorite writers. I mean, if some of you know from Narnia, but I have 
I would highly recommend for Christian to read Mary Christian E.P. It's one of his bestseller book. He says this about, about a house. He says this. Imagine yourself uh, is a living house. God comes, God comes to rebuild that house. At first, perhaps you can understand what is he doing. He's getting the drains right, stopping the leak from the roof, and so on. You knew that those jobs needed doing, so you're not surprised. But recently, he starts knocking the house about in a way that hurts abundantly and does not seem to make any sense. What on earth is he up to? The explanation is that he is building quite a different house from the one you thought of. Throwing out a new wings here, putting on extra floors there, running up towers, making courtyard. You thought you were being made into a decent little cottage. He is building a palace because he intended to come and live there himself. So many of us, we think the work of God in our life is just a little cottage. Just to make us a decent Christian in life. He's building a palace in us. He's building so much more than we can imagine, hope, and dream. Renewed life. It's like rebuilding your home from shaky foundation to a good foundation. Paid by Christ. You just have to build. If a super rich person that owns the whole universe invites you to build a beautiful temple in you, let him, for he'll make a beautiful palace with your life. How are you building your life right now? On what foundations? Who do you trust for your growth? How are you decorating the interior of your heart and your mind? Have you lived your past trauma and embraced the freedom that we have in Christ? Jesus said in John 10, 7, uh, John 10, 10, John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy it. I have come that they may have life and life to the full. Christ wants to give life to the full for each of us, to the fullness of life. Do you trust him? Have you said yes to him? Jesus come to the world not to make bad people become good people. Jesus come to the world to make dead people alive in him. And when we alive in Christ, we will do good things. It's the byproduct of following Christ. It's not the reason why, it's the byproduct. It only comes after we follow Christ. So we all feel guilty. I feel guilty here and there. Because we do have shortcomings in life. If you don't know Christ, they call it an invisible prison, invisible prison called sin. And if you know Christ, it's called uh, backsliding. It calls falling again. But it's the time for, not, for us not to give up. Because if you're a child, you will always be a child. There will never be ex-child. So if you belong to Christ, if you fall, run back to him and say sorry and live better this time, my child. So don't ever thinking that when we fall, God will never be able to forgive us because he could, he will. There's three types of sin that people are known of. The first is sin of commissions meaning that what we do, that we do what we're not supposed to do. So they call it commission. Um, the bad things that we're not supposed to do, we did it. And then the second one is omission, meaning that what we're supposed to do, we didn't do. And the third is dispersion, meaning that you're supposed to love your neighbors, but you don't love them. 
you 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 don't you not be able to apply the principle of the whole summary of the Bible, love others as you love yourself. So, but God knows we need help. And without his help, we cannot have really transformative power of God. Because the transformation from God involves the supernatural power of God that regenerate the spirit in us and make us new from inside out. Outside is just the effect, the, 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 visi the, the visible effect of the invisible change in us, the, from the inside, the, the, the inside change in us. So God is so gracious. Whenever we come before him to ask for forgiveness, he forgives us. And he gives us a new heart, new way of living, new experience. So if I can summarize the life of a Christian, for us to remember this is the map for our, this is the blueprint for our life as a Christian. The first one is actually, they call it justification, sanctification, glorification. It does sound so Greek to me. I will explain in simple language. Justification is when you repent. You're being justified. You're being welcomed as the children of the living God. So you say sorry for your sins and you receive Christ as your Savior. It's effortless. You just have to say, yes, welcome to my heart, Lord. Please forgive me. And you will see the transformation power begins in your heart. So that is the moment when you become the heavenly citizens on earth. Temporary on earth, but you forever will belong to heaven because of his grace. He invites you to come. And then the second step is actually sanctifications, or, or this is to be set apart, to be holy. So this is the lifetime process. The day that you become a Christian until the day that you pass away, this is a sanctification time. This is a process of holiness. You always, one area in your life, maybe first A, second B, next time C, and every area of your life, God will help you to deal with it and to let go of the wrongs and to live in the right ways. Then the final one is actually glorifications. It's when you welcome to the kingdom of God, being glorified, have the perfect body, the perfect mind, the perfect heart. So the journey of sanctification is a long journey. So don't give up when God is at work in your heart, in your life to change you, to transform your life. And whenever you feel guilty, learning who actually makes you guilty. Is it your conscience because you need to repent? Or is the devil who told you, like, stop going to church because you're bad? No, 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 no. If the devil says, like, sorry, your future is not in Christ. I have my future in Christ. So be confident in the love of God. If a parent can love the children unconditionally, imagine the one who made us. He loves us more than anyone in the world can love us. So if ever, if you don't know any love as beautiful as Christ's love, come to know and experience it yourself. So Hawaii, what is actually hinder us from, grow, from the growing and the transform life? First, we didn't do our part well. You're like, wait, what? Do we, do have, do we have to do our part? Mm-hmm, yes. A famous line is called God's sovereignty, human, human responsibility, meaning that the evidence of our new life is actually will be visible. So you're not saved by goodness, good things that you've done. But because you're being saved, because you're already saved, that you will be, you'll be doing good things. So it comes after, it's the evidence of that you being saved. So Galatians 25:22 says that, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And we have that when once we become a Christian. Tim Keller says this, we are saved by faith alone, not by growing fruits, but we are not saved by fruitless faith. So there will be a fruitful life that will be visible in our life. 
But let me just divide it to three. So of the fruits, of the nine fruits, the first three fruits is love, joy, and peace. These three fruits is developed as we spend time in fellowship with God in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's a gift that you will have love, joy, and peace. Joy is different than happiness. Joy is different because you can experience things, something really bad happen in your life, but you remain joyful for you know everything temporary and there is a God who sees everything. You can actually have peace even though you don't have money, even though you, you're in a shaken relationship, even though you're struggling right now, because the peace is actually a gift from God that you can go through all things through Him who gives you strength. So there's the first tree. It's a gift from God. Receive it. Activate it. Oh, that's give me an example. One time, I, I love when I, when I used to travel for this ministry I work for as I am, I always go to the counter in the check-in at the airport. I say like, oh, this is my card. This is my membership card. I keep putting my points and points, and I never check. So one day, I often flew with the same airlines, company airlines. And then one day, I was lost, and I say, excuse me, can you check for which gate is my gate? Because in two hours, I have to, to be in this gate. And they check, and it, oh, ma'am, did you know that you're a member of gold? I'm like, I'm a member of gold? What's the benefit of gold? Oh, you can have the privilege of the lounge and the massage and this and this. And I'm like, since when? Oh, it's expired in three months. So it has been quite a while, like nine months. And I'm like, how could I don't know about that? And I came to the lounge like, hallelujah. You know, like all these privileges, feeling like so rich for, the, for two hours, for the next two hours, eating all this expensive food and enjoying every luxury of this lounge, gold lounge. And I'm sitting thinking like, how could I never check my privilege? And I regret it for the nine months I'm sitting with peasants like me. <laughs> and I'm like, I could just be rich for two hours, you know, yeah. But, but see, sometimes we don't know what's the privilege that God has given us when we say yes to him. Learn what's your privilege as the children of the living God. We are different than the world. God has given us the love, joy, and peace. Receive that. Apply it in your life. The next one is actually patience, gentleness, and goodness. And these three fruits, it's only developed as we spend serving and ministering to people in the power of the Holy Spirit. You cannot be patient if you don't serve people. You learn how hard it is to be patient or gentleness or goodness. You see, many people actually struggling nowadays to actually be gentle, you know, to be patient with their parents, especially when we have older parents. You know, sometimes my parents will be like, Inya, what happened with my Facebook? What happened? I'm like, mom, it's just this mom. It's so simple, mom. And then the Holy Spirit reminds me, Trace, you don't even know how to eat with spoon. And she taught you. So be nice to her. And I'm like, okay, mom, okay, this is so easy, mom. You know, we have to be patient with people, especially those we love, especially those around us. Because the table can turn around. One day we'll be like them. You know, in Chinese culture, we have this culture that how, how parents show their respect in Chinese culture. How parents shows their respect to the, to the grandparents is a somehow a learning season for the grandchildren. They see the way the parents treat the grandparents and one day they will do the same to the parents. That's why in Chinese we all do so much like respect and everything and show it to the, the, the youngest one that how we treat elders. Because that's the way we will be treated one day because they live by example. So you are teaching your children how to be patient, gentleness, and goodness through serving others. The last three fruits is actually um, it's faith, meekness, and self-control. 
And this has to be practiced by yourself every day. This protecting the whole tree. That, that you by faith and, and, and in kindness and in self-control, that this has to be focused to actually to be able to live in that journey of sanctification. So, many of us think that as a Christian, when you say yes to Jesus, you automatically change without doing your part. And that's wrong. Sorry to break the news. Because the cleansing continues of a changed heart by the Holy Spirit, yes. But the sanctification is a gift from the Holy Spirit that we can accept it and we can reject it. Sometimes people don't realize that how we respond is actually to the path of sanctification, to the purity, to, to be set apart from the world. It actually might lead us to two pitfalls. The first one is legalism. We do things because we want to get something. Second, passive faith. We just stay still doing nothing. And this too is wrong in our work with Christ. The first one, legalism. You know, there is difference between the legalism and also the discipline. And the difference lies in the motivation. What is the motivation of your heart? That's the, that's the foundation. So legalism will say, I will do this in order I get something from God. But spiritual discipline says, no, I will do this because I love God no matter what happens. No matter if He give me or not, I still will do this because I love Him. You see the difference? One is based on what I can get and one based on like, what I can give. Do you want to be loved by someone for what they can get from you? Or you want to be loved by someone because who you are? They just love you. You don't need to do anything. They just love you. So, we also have to learn that we want the giver, not the gift. The giver is much more important than the gift. The gift is just bonuses in life. So, the extreme of that is a passive faith. The passive faith will say, you know, I will change naturally. Wait and see. One day, I will change for sure. This motivation is basically is just a personal laziness because God has given everything that we need. We need to receive it, apply it, and multiply it because God gives us seeds. You know, one time I was hearing a sermon on the way to Uluwatu a few weeks ago. A pastor says, God doesn't make money. And I was like, wait a minute, Did God make everything. No, 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 no. God gives seeds. The seed become plant. The plant become tree. Tree was cut. Tree was cut in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the paper company, and then they printed the money, and the government decided what, what numbers and how you can actually do the exchange and everything. So it's actually God gives seeds. We create things from this, the seeds that, that God has given. And to realize that means that in our faith, God has given us the seeds in our hearts. But it depends on the soil, isn't it? The seed is always good. But what kind of soil that our heart is? You know, as we learn from the growth of plants. We'll see there's seeds, there's soil, there's water, there's sun, but God, the one who make it grow. But soil is extremely important. And the, to, to grow is a spiritual, is a lifelong that we have to cultivate the soil of our heart so we can receive well. It reminds me of what Jesus actually said, that um, there's four types of soil if you remember this verse, like Jesus speaks about like that we have to keep checking the soul of our heart. You know, the first one, actually, when the seed was actually given, you know, the path, there's no soil, rocky ground, little soil, among thorns, and also the good soil, the four comparisons. The first one is like, you know, fast to receive, but gone too quickly. Sometimes faith like that. Some people just excited about Christianity, but then they forget about it because something else comes much more important. And the second one is actually received but got stolen. 
by wrong teaching, by people who just shaken their faith. But the third one is that you receive and they enjoy for a while, but when bad things happen, they give up on God because they say, God, you're not good. Look at me. Why do bad things happen to me? Bad things happen to everyone. We live in a broken world. It's how we respond is actually makes a difference. So the fourth one is like receive, cultivate it, grow, and become a blessing to many people. The seeds are the same. God, the one who gives the good seeds in us, but how is our soil in our hearts? Is it a fruitful one? So this will actually make us remembering that God has given us the responsibility to keep holy and healthy. Even, even for us, you know, we all have muscle in our body, but many of us will never exercise, will never use the muscle. But in fact, it's so interesting, I've just learned recently that your muscle actually will burn more fat. Like the more you work on your muscle, which is I regret for knowing it now, I should know it like 10, 15 years ago, it's actually burn more if you keep your muscles, you know, like strong and ongoing. And we all have spiritual muscle. Work on it. Do it. Use it. It will be benefiting for us. So we're not going to be slave again to all kinds of enticement in this world. We have this freedom in Christ that makes us a new person. And one of the examples of a gentleman, a dream guy for me, is the name of a, a guy who doesn't exist anymore. He exists like a thousand years ago in the book of Genesis by the name of Joseph. So when Auntie Potiphar flirting with him, he have the best answer that I think we could apply in our dealing with temptation of the world. He says, he says this, I cannot do this because he knows who he is. He knows his identity, that he belongs to God. He knows who he is. Second, Auntie Potiphar will be like, but it's okay, I want you or something like that. Maybe she flirted and then, and then he said the next line, but you don't belong to me. She's a married woman. He's not married to her. And then, and then the next thing he said, but, and there is God. I cannot do this. Meaning that you have to know who you are. You have been redeemed by the most expensive blood in the world. Jesus Christ has paid full price for you. You belong to him. You don't belong to me. You don't belong to me money. You don't belong to me power. You don't belong to me land if it's not yours. You don't belong to me this woman or this man if it's not your spouse. And there is God who watches and sees everything. You want to please Him with your life because it's worthy to honor Him with everything, that He sees everything and He loves us so deeply. So we can apply it in many areas of life, in wealth, in fame, in love. I cannot do this. You don't belong to me. And there is God. God provides every blessing that comes from God benefiting us and is we be able to enjoy it much more than when we just use taking away from someone else. So, so that is something that is actually powerful. So we do not conform to this, conform with this world, but be transformed by the renewal of our mind and testing that you may be discerned the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect will. And we can see this in the book of Romans 12 too. So God wants us to be flourished, to have everything in abundance, to enjoy and to know the right that we have as a children of living God. Don't give up when, when things go hard. I just want to close with two stories. When we, didn't do our, when we didn't do our spiritual check, we miss out the benefit of being in Christ. And we also have to check what's stopping us from growing. There's one story, as a, as a man passing and see elephants in next to the circus, 
he was so confused because what happened that this big elephant only have like a small ropes on, uh, you know, tied on his legs. And the man says like at any time, if this, the elephant actually did like a 10 steps, he can just set free from the ropes. But what's strange is that the elephant did not try to do anything. That doesn't try to walk away, doesn't try to be free. There's a jungle out there and he just stay in the small ropes that it easily for him to break. So then he asked the, the, um, the guy, the, the, the trainer, what was that? How come the elephant not realizing that he have the power to break the chain or the, 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 the small ropes? And the trainer says, when he was small, with not much of energy, we use exactly the same rope. He tried to break free. He tried to walk away. He couldn't because he's still small and weak. And he believed that he couldn't until he grew bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. He never realized he had the potential to break because he still believed the trauma of the past. When he tried to break free, he could not because he don't have the energy at that time and the body says of that time. It dawned on me when I read this. What about us? We are now strong in Christ because of His grace and His guidance. Maybe there's a chain that we believe, the untrue things that people said about us, you unwanted, you unloved, you're not desirable, you're stupid, you have ugly past, you are just bad luck. Anything that maybe our parents say in the past, maybe our friends say in the past, Maybe we haven't break free from that. We are now stronger. We are the big elephant that can walk away from the chains of past because Christ has given us the strength. But are you willing to believe in you today's potential and to stop believing in the lies of the past? Being transformed, meaning we also have to do spiritual check to see where we at today that Christ has given us the, the, the new home, the new identity, the new us. Embrace it. Enjoy it. Glorify God with your life. He is with us. He journeying with us. He will never give up on us. C.S. Lewis says this beautifully. To have faith in Christ means, of course, trying to do all that he says. There would, not be, there would be no sense in saying that you trust a person if you would not take his advice. Thus, if you have really handed yourself over to him, it must follow that you are trying to obey him, but trying in a new way, a less worried way, not doing things in order to be saved, but because he has begun to save you already, not hoping to get into heaven as a reward of your actions, but inevitably wanting to act in certain way because a first glimpse of heavens is already inside of you. Build a beautiful home in your soul. Decorate it your mind and your heart with His truth. Live according to His way. For our time on earth is so limited, but eternity awaits and we'll see the glory of the one who redeemed us, the one who changed us. To be heard the word, well done, my faithful servant. You've been faithful in your life. Come to my peace. Maybe 
God will use each of us to be an open Bible for those who never read the Bible, who never hear Jesus. Jesus says, go to the world and testify for me. You have to stay in Bali because the world comes to Bali. We can testify from where we are. There's nations come to this land. We could be the person that God used to redeem someone out there who's just so broken and think that there will be no hope for them because there's always hope in Christ. So I hope you're rejoicing in your transformation time with God. You will be beautiful because you are made in His image and He redeemed us for the glory of God. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus Christ and Holy Spirit, we thank you so much. True, even though we used to live in the invisible prisons called sin, through what you have done on the cross, you set us free to receive your invitations, to be transformed by you alone, and to be fruitful as our gratefulness for what you have done for us. Lord, we're such a slow learners. We easily get distracted. We really like a sheep who just easily failed and scared and just so hard to journey, Lord. But thank you that you're good shepherd, that you don't give up on us. You're always there to help us, to lift us up, and to teach us how to live according to your ways. So here we are today, Lord. May today be the day that we realize we are strong in you. We can let go everything of the past because we are new in Christ. So may you help us, God, to flourish, to cultivate the good soil that you have given us, that we may grow and honoring you and enjoying life in abundance. Thank you for restoring our finance, our relationship, our mind, our heart, our body, our family, our nations, everything that we have, Lord. Thank you for restoring. Through you alone, we can have new life to the abundance by your grace alone. May we live a life pleasing to you as we put our trust in you alone. In Jesus' name we praise. Amen.